Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And welcome into the show, everybody. Brad Logan here for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network, and also a part of Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Big day for Ole Miss. I know, I know, they gave up 14 points in the second half, but they scored 24 in the first half, win the game 27-14. to 14. Survive in advance. It's almost like the NCAA tournament basketball. All that matters is you get the win, and they did that. And big news in Oxford, of course, everybody's heard by now. Uh, the Rebels will face Texas A&M, both teams inside the top 15. The coaches poll, we'll see where they fall uh, when the college football playoff numbers are announced, I expect them to be to move up just a little bit more. Of course, the Rebels now five and zero at home, uh, seven and two in the season, three and two in the conference, uh, one and two away. Of course, those two losses come on the road at Alabama and at Auburn. A great opportunity once again for Ole Miss to move up that pecking order in the bowl uh, slot. I think the goal right now for Ole Miss is the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Things have to fall perfectly. Uh, the Rebels obviously have to beat number 14, Texas A&M. Uh, they're going to have to beat the Aggies on Saturday. It's a wear powder blue. And, of course, they've got Vanderbilt coming up in Oxford. And then the final game of the, the year will be against Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night. And, boy, it will be difficult for the Rebels to go into a very hostile environment in Starkville. At the end of the day, Ole Miss has got a big Saturday coming up. A 6 o'clock kick on ESPN. They'll have the number one crew of Chris Fowler and, of course, Kirk Herbstreit. But the big news of the day is late Saturday night, Ole Miss is going to be the site of ESPN's College Game Day. The second time uh, that crew has been on campus, it was 2014 when Ole Miss hosted number one Alabama. And this time they'll be hosting Texas A&M, another great opportunity for this program. The marketing, uh, the exposure has been great under head coach Lane Kiffin. It'll be even bigger now the college game day will be on campus. So a great opportunity for Ole Miss fans to kind of bring their kids and show them what everything is like whenever college game day comes to town. Uh, I guess bring a sign and uh, when the kids wake up uh, every Saturday, I know we watch college game day at my house, and you can say, hey, we can actually go there and, and throw a sign up. So that's really, really cool uh, for, for dads and moms and aunts and uncles and grandparents to be able to to share this moment with their family. We've got Brett Norsworthy coming up here in the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network and also part of Inside the Rebels, the 247 Sports uh, affiliate. What we're able to talk about is a lot of that, about growing up, enjoying college football, and uh, quite frankly, just kind of being a kid again. And that's why we love it. This season has been fantastic for college football fans. Not just Ole Miss, but so many 
fan bases across the board. Just look at what Purdue did yesterday after their big win. We've seen Kentucky kind of make a resurgence. Tennessee's kind of back in some sort of way after a big win uh, Saturday night. So many people are excited about the future. And, and when you look at it from an Ole Miss standpoint, it's almost like you're trying to rekindle the magic of the 2014 and maybe 2015 seasons when you were able to get down to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. Those type things are attainable. And this is something that Ole Miss fans, I think, should really do more than anything. Take a deep breath and be so grateful that you actually have the record that you do. Sure, I know everybody would love to have beaten Auburn and have a chance to go to Atlanta. I get all that. But that's not how the cards fail. And I think if you ask yourself at the beginning of the year, if Ole Miss would be 7-2 and two after uh, nine games, would you take it? I think everybody would be an emphatic yes to know that the Rebels only lost to Alabama and Auburn to this point in the season. As it stands, anything can happen. As long as Ole Miss plays at home this year, they're, they're 5-0. and So anything really can happen. So I expect a huge crowd on campus, uh, and we're so excited that, uh, that Brett Norsworthy joins us for the show today. It's such a big week on campus for Ole Miss. Uh, men's basketball plays on Tuesday night, so we'll have Tyler Comas, who covers basketball for 247 Sports at Inside the Rebels, uh, of course, the uh, 247 Sports affiliate. He'll be on with us to kind of break down what happened with Trevecca and uh, kind of what's looking forward for this basketball team. As it stands, it's been a whole lot of fun here on the here on the uh, Believe in Ole Miss podcast. Be sure and follow us on Twitter. That's at Believe Podcast and also at Believe in Ole Miss. I'm, of course, Brad Logan, your host. Be sure and uh, give me a follow at Brad Logan C-O-T. Remember, you can get the podcast anywhere that you uh, get your podcasts. They're across all the uh, the normal podcast platforms. If you subscribe, rate, and review, we would greatly appreciate it. As it stands, the Rebels host a, a really good Texas A&M team. Jimbo Fisher's bringing a squad in here, 6 o'clock, and it will be an absolute raucous environment. I expect it will be a sellout as well. It's the Rebels and the Aggies in Oxford for SEC Western uh, Division action. Here's Brett Norsworthy on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show.
And now happy to be joined by Brett Norsworthy, uh, a familiar face in the Southeast. But, of course, Ole Miss fans have heard him on the Ole Miss Radio Network, the pre- and post-game host. And you can also hear him in Memphis on WHPQ, uh, 3 to 6, Sports Time, the long-running show. He's with Gabe Kuehn now at uh, Sports 56 WHPQ. Brett, thank you very much for joining us today. Brad, great to be with you. Always great to see you in this football season. We've got a lot of spills and chills left. It's been fun so far, though. And I, I don't I don't know where most had Ole Miss after nine games or around this is about what I had. Honestly, uh, maybe one less than this, that being LSU. But I thought if they could you know, e- either get LSU or, or Texas A&M, then that could be a, a, a nine-win season. And now it looks like it, it, it's very realistic to get them both. Yeah, you know, seven and two. Um, I don't know that I had them at seven and two right now, and I think you make a good point. If you look at the schedule, and we'll go ahead and go there now. Uh, I'll be honest. Between the stretch of Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU, I, I thought they would at least drop one of those. They were able to get all three. I knew Auburn would be tough on the road, and then of course Liberty last week. If you look at the remaining schedule, and I think at this point, it, and I don't mean to say it's meaningless, but I. I kind of talk to you about this in the press box. I don't mean it to be meaningless, but I think the rubber has already met the road in regards to a long-range plan of a playoff or anything like that. I think for Ole Miss, you know, Atlanta, again, I don't think it's in the equation unless something crazy happens. Right now you're just bowl speculating. And I think for Ole Miss, it's recruiting at this point. It's winning. It's keeping Lane Kiffin happy. Uh, you want him to stay as head coach of Ole Miss. And most importantly, for a lot of people in the fan base, and I know for a lot of fan bases in Starkville, it's winning that Egg Bowl. How important and what are you kind of seeing for the next three games? Well, I think Vanderbilt is obviously the easiest one of the three. The other two are up for grabs. They both could be wins. They both could be losses. It very easily could be be, be Splitsville for, for, for both of those. Uh, I think Mississippi State will be very tough Thanksgiving night for a lot of reasons, Will Rogers being one of them, and, and many many other reasons, uh, revenge from last year being in Starkville. And we also know that a lot of times the motivation for that game is who can ruin the other one's season the yeah. most. And, and, and you know, let, let's say Ole Miss is sailing along at 9-2 and two and Matt Corral is back stacking up numbers and back in the Heisman Trophy run, so we'll have a lot of storylines there but first things first the texas aggies and and zach calzada didn't know that was going to be the the preseason story you know if Ole miss can get that one scunch up one or two spots in all the different polls whether it's coaches or college football playoff or ap and then beat vanderbilt move up another spot or two you know go into start well thanksgiving night seventh eighth ninth ranked team in the country Hope for chaos over Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. maybe even a little chaos over the conference championship weekend. And then who knows? Here's a team with three losses in the Purdue Boilermakers that if they won out and you had a healthy dose of chaos, I mean, could they, as champions of the Big Ten and defeating Ohio State not once but twice in there, could they be the, the, the fourth team in the college football playoff? With all that speculation, Brad, I think what this year has shown in college football, we got one super team, one mm-hmm. team in a league of its own. I think about three to five really, really solid teams, and then about seven to 12 that if you made everybody change uniforms, you probably couldn't tell the difference in them. There's no doubt. And what we saw this past Saturday with Alabama and LSU, you know, a lame duck coach goes into Alabama, and, and honestly, you know, Brett, you saw this as well as I did. 
Alabama was struggling late, and LSU had a chance down the stretch. If they score, they're kicking the extra point, and they're beating Alabama. Suffice, suffice to say, the point you just made is absolutely relevant. You've got Georgia and a bunch of other dudes. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of Ole Miss fans, they're kind of, you know, they're a little upset that they didn't go down to Auburn and win that game. On the flip side, let, let's look at this. And I've got a question for you. That's, it's very multi-layered, But I think it's a great question. It's one I'd love your answer to. If you look at this upcoming game with Texas A&M, college game day is coming. You've got two teams that are ranked in the top 15 in the coaches' poll. We'll see what they fall in the college football playoff in a couple of days. 2015, rewind just for a moment, if you will. I know you know where you were. Of course, you were in the Grove. In your mind in that 2015 season, and now in your, your mind in the 2021 season, someone asked me a question this morning. I thought it was a good one. They said, Brad, I don't feel quite as comfortable as I did in 2015 for a number of reasons. One, it's so many speculations about injuries. You know, I just don't feel very good about this team. In 2015, we, meaning Ole Miss, were rolling. I thought it was a great question. Now that mm-hmm. Ole Miss is 7-2, and two, game day's coming, you would, you would think you would have a big, enthusiastic fan base, and you don't. You have a very cautious fan base because of so many questions. I thought it was a pretty good question. I'd like your thoughts. Well, Brad, it is. We're, we're guarded for a lot of reasons. I think some of them we need to probably just kick back and enjoy it a little more and maybe mm-hmm. not be so tensed up about everything. But now 2014 was game day. Are you, are you yeah, I'm sorry. The 2015 A&M game? Or no, sir. You're, you're right. Thank you. And that's the reason they call you stats. <laughs> it, it is 2014 game day. Yes, sir. I, all right. I, and now, now, look, first of all, there's no time like the first time in anything. Whether right. you have a hole in one or you kill the big deer or anything else, there's no time like like the first time. So yeah. 2014 was special for that. And that also, that was early October, two undefeateds in Bama and Ole Miss. And, again, that first time was so special. This time, kind of middle of November, going to be cold. Uh, it's it's going to be a long day. You know, that, that day we had Katy Perry do her thing in the picks at 11 o'clock. Uh, uh, at 2.30, football was going in the air. This time, you're going to have a long time between Corso and the headgear and kickoff actually getting getting there. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit can go take a nap because uh, he's going to do the game Saturday night with yeah. Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler won't be on the stage for game day like he was in 2014. So, yeah, everything's evolutionary. Everything changes. You know, this time it's, it's Jimbo Fisher against Lane Kiffin instead of Hugh Freeze against Nick Saban. But, but, Brad, we knew we would get game day back again someday. Did we really think it would be seven years later and in year two for Lane Kiffin? I think that's what it speaks to is what Lane Kiffin has done in a short sprint in the weirdest times ever for everybody to be in college football coaching between portal and transfer, player disenchantment, COVID, uh, the, the pressure that is always has gone with it. What Lane Kiffin has done for the Ole Miss program, it, it, just, it just speaks volumes to the, the, the steady job that he's done. And, and now this Saturday, I don't know if it's confirmation, but it's a national recognition of that. When game day's in town, the circus is in town. You know it's big. And, and now this time, instead of early October, after we get through playing Saturday night with, with Fowler and Herb Street calling the action, we, we won't have two games left. The rest of college football will be in a short sprint to the rest of the year. So, yes, it, it, it feels very different. But I, I think by the time the music starts Saturday morning at 8 o'clock 
and that that stage directors revving the crowd up, it'll feel and look great again. At the end of the Liberty game, I had a chance to watch the SEC Network, um, the show they do, the the recap show of all the games in the SEC, and I found something interesting. There's a lot of pearl clutching with the Ole Miss fan base about how Ole Miss played so poorly in the second half. I've got my own thoughts on that, uh, about how I think Lane completely turned the key ignition off. Uh, he rested a lot of players. It just didn't do anything in the second half. I think that's happened. Maybe it didn't. There was a lot of injuries out there. Matt Corral didn't do a ton in the second half. But I found something interesting, Brett, and I think you'll appreciate this. When I watched the recap show, again, all the pearl clutching from the Ole Miss fans because of all the things that are going on. They're so upset. The defense, although played well, kind of got lax in the third quarter, gave up 14 points. Ole Miss, of course, only scored three. In that highlight package, you know how many Liberty highlights they so- they showed? Couldn't be many. They didn't show any. Dari yep. Jokic and his crew came out and said, Ole Miss rolls today, 27-14. Uh, they're getting ready for Texas A&M. Uh, here are the highlights. Here's Matt Corral. Boy, a great pass. to Bre- You see where I'm going. A great opening, yep. a great run by Jerry Neely. From 10,000 feet, nobody cares. It's a win in the record books, and, and that's look, it. Look at, the, look at the polls. The, the polls yeah, the Ole Miss goes on. the same thing. So I guess what I'm saying is, are people making too much of – now, look, it was a little uncomfortable in the fourth quarter. Malik Willis throws the interception, and A.J. Finley, who was just a, a magnet on the field Saturday, made the interception. Are Ole Miss fans making too much of the fact that Ole Miss kind of didn't put Liberty away? Or is, you know, you just kind of move on to the next game, it's a win, or maybe it's a little bit of both? Move on to the next game, win for me. I think I started postgame win as a win, 7-2. Yeah. And, and and now the, the, the three-game finish against all SEC opponents – and yeah, look, we were, we're all we're all humans. We we all got decent uh, uh, math skills. I was doing the math. I was thinking, oh Lord, please not be twenty eight, twenty seven. Yeah, uh, we, we were all doing that. We were all kind of doing that same thing because again, it goes to my point. I think about Lane Kiffin is maxing out with this team. He's getting every last drop, ringing this this wash rag out to get. To get all I the could good not, football, he, he could not say it any better than that. He really Sam is. Sam Pittman's doing the same thing he in is. Arkansas. He is. I think Mike Leach is doing it. Mississippi I agree State. with that. I agree. I, I think Mississippi State can 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 honestly say they've got three of the better wins uh, of the year yep. this year. Not many teams can say we got three good wins. When you look at NC State, Texas A and M, and even Kentucky, still with Kentucky, kind of reverting back to November form. Tennessee, Josh Heifel getting everything out of the Tennessee balls. I'm calling it now. Not the straight-up upset. They scare the daylights out of Georgia on Rocky Top. Get mm-hmm. ready for it. They do. But but Lane Kiffin is maxing out with the Ole Miss team. And, and I think most fans know we're good, but we're very flawed. Little, little buyer's remorse for CBS for not getting Ole Miss A&M, you think? Probably so, but you can't go wrong, you know, with 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 number one in Tennessee and Georgia. Now, for most TV viewers, Tennessee, Georgia, you know, that's a September thing. That's going to be odd to see them yeah. out there doing their thing in November, because you know usually this would be around the time of the year for Georgia, Auburn, maybe even a week later. But with the schedule has changed, and again, back to the, back to the E word, it's a, it's always evolving. It's always evolutionary. College football far as, as tradition-laden as it is, and it's why both of us love it so much, yesterday, day, today, tomorrow aspect of it. It, it, it goes through its fits and starts. It goes through its, its changes. You know, next year, 
Ole Miss is going to have a very late game with Arkansas next year and, and, and instead of kind of early like it's been uh, a lot of years, and mostly recently, even in 2019, it was the opening SEC game in, in week two of the college football season. Next year, it's going to be more of a November thing. going to be a later open date next year. So college football, it stays the same, but it's always evolving. When we open this, by the way, nothing's more beautiful than Fayetteville in November. Um, I, I, that's a wonderful trip. If anybody's ever thought about making a trip, go ahead and plan. Start saving now and plan for that Ole Miss-Arkansas game next year. Go ahead, buy the tickets, get the hotel room. I promise you'll, you'll come back and say thank you very much it, it for really doing that. Is. It really is. It, and take the pig trail. Yeah, no doubt. We, we take a ride at Fort Smith before you get to the new whatever, 565 or whatever they call uh-huh. it. You know, Brett, when we talked uh, after the Louisville game, all of a sudden we're like, wait, Jade Springer, um, I, who is this guy, Otis Reese, and, and then oh, oh, Sam, what, what, what's going on with this defense? They look pretty good. Then all of a sudden we're seven, eight games in. I think at the end of the day I look at it like this. It's a defense that has definitely given up a lot of points, and I wrote this after the game. It's given up a ton of points. They've been, but they haven't broken. And you look at the Arkansas game, the Tennessee game, and the Liberty game. The defense made the play that put the game away. That's what I have taken from this defense this year. Sure, they've given up a ton of points, but they've made the plays when they needed to. Yeah, yeah they they have. How many times did, did Ole Miss fans preseason think they would win a game only scoring 27, and that was the fewest number of points in a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss win other than scoring 26 in the bowl game against Indiana that he's had. I mean, to, to go to Rocky Top and only score only score 31 and, and win the game, you know, and, and at Auburn uh, get 20 but get beat, but then come back and score 27 against Liberty and able to win the game. Schematically, uh, I, I think it, DJ Durkin's defense is a lot better now than it was, you know, after – maybe even after Tulane and after Alabama – and, I, and for sure, after Arkansas, Arkansas was rock bottom for the defense, but it was a win. And you, you got to, you got, I think when you're good, you win a couple of different ways. Well, we won in a wild scoring affair, and we've been able to win in, in, in closer, more traditional football scoring ways. And uh, against AM, I, I think it'll be kind of a 38 35, 35 31 type, type game. I think it'll be something in the 30s. It'll be a fourth quarter down to the last second game. Everybody's going to be frozen <laughs> come, come late Saturday night. But it's going to be a great, great day with basketball on Friday night and then game day Saturday from 8 to 11 and then, then pregame in the Grove and then kickoff against, against Texas A&M. And we remember the first time A&M came to Oxford in 2012, their first SEC road game and how happy their fans were to be a part. Brought the, the band. Eastern Conference. Brought their entire brought band, the band. Played at halftime. Brought the entire and, and man, that was worth it. Wasn't it was. It? it was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. And I don't know about the game. I'm, I think Johnny Manziel is still running on that. Johnny was something. I mean, he was breaking ankles. I've never seen anybody do that. I guess you know you'll remember this, but back in '93 when Jay Barker was injured and, and, and they put in David Palmer. That's Deuce. the yeah yeah and, yeah Deuce to a certain extent maybe Dexter McCluster, but. You know, anybody that can come in and just take a game over like that is just phenomenal. You know, this, this is – you know, you and I pretty pretty much stay meat and potatoes when we talk. I mean, it's pretty much numbers and games. I do have one thing I want to ask you about in regards to, you know, not really marketing, but Ole Miss mystique and that sort of thing. When Ole Miss beat Arkansas and Tennessee in those close games, I heard so many people say, gosh, and I'll be honest with you, Brad, I kind of said it too, 
those are games Ole Miss loses in the past or finds a way to lose. You know, yeah, we talk yeah. we talk about the big games, 03 LSU, 59 LSU, uh, 70 um, whatever Archie played Alabama, 70, 93 Alabama. 93 we Alabama. And all these games are, are Ole Miss loses, they're, they're memorable games. Uh, I guess you can go back to 15 when they beat Alabama at home or 14 when they beat Alabama at home. That That's kind of the first time Ole Miss – really did something big or won a big game. The point I'm trying to make is is we haven't heard and this nothing irritated me more, and this is just a personal thing for me, is we are Ole Miss. And that really just bothered me to a certain extent to where if I saw it, I just, you know, I just completely deleted whatever I was reading or yeah, or just completely it burns me up. or just unfollowed the person or whatever. We haven't seen that this year. And, you know, that was something that, you know, Love or hate Michael Thompson, talking about surveys and whatnot, he did everything he could to turn that. And I think for the for a, for a lot of reasons, he kind of did. But it never mm-hmm. left the negative connotation, and we just haven't seen that this year. Well, we, we have some with blue check marks and a lot of followers. Then some of them are, are, are have, have their Ole Miss bona fides that I don't think anybody takes more delight in ripping on Ole Miss than some of those people. Yeah, I mean, they just delight in it. Every little foible, every single mistake, anything, anything that could be less than flattering, they seem to just glom on. I mean, there's no enemy like them. Uh, uh, and and, and they, they just delight in it. And it's a peat and repeat society of a bunch of nabobs, I think. And, and, and I'm with you. I, I, it really burns me up to hear that because, you know, and I know and so many others listen to you and, and listen to me and follow Ole Miss, knows what a special place and really good place that it is. And, and, and yes, Lane Kiffin's trying to turn it around. And he's the first to say, don't get comfortable. Don't get settled in. I love it coming from him. You know, he, he said after the bowl game, I don't want to see any coffee table books about going five and five. We're glad to win the bowl yeah. game, but that's not our goal. R- remember how he kind of lashed back at people over somebody said, hey, you're, you're bowl eligible. That's not really the goal. So I, I'm glad from on top, from the administrative level, with, with, with the great job that Keith Carter has done and is doing to, to Coach Kiffin, that it, it, you know, it, it emanates from them that we're not going to get satisfied. We're not going to win every game. Uh, we, we, know, we know that very few are able to win every game. Uh, not even Alabama's won every game this year. So we, we know we're not going to do that. But when we do have a misstep, why such delight in it by some? Yeah, I, I don't get it. And the good news for Ole Miss fans is those people are a dime a dozen. And that slogan is slowly fading away. And I think it's kind of a new day at Ole Miss. And, and look, I'm not just patting people over the back. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being very honest. Paris Buchanan has done a phenomenal job. We've had him on the podcast about sure the game has. day atmosphere. He's done great. And I think more than anything, the communication between he – Keith Carter and and everybody that's associated with Ole Miss, and I will be honest with you, Brett. Seeing those former players come back—that's some—that's things we haven't seen before. And so, I, I, te- I, te- yeah. I had tears in my eyes when I saw Laquan Treadwell down in that end zone at the LSU game, and he was having fun. And that was the end zone that Laquan Treadwell literally gave an ankle for Ole Miss football. He gave up an ankle for Ole Miss yeah. football in that game against Auburn that year. To see him down there and welcome back, see Dexter, to see Corey Peterson uh, against Liberty, how much fun he was having, Rufus French, Romero Miller. To see these players engaged and, and love, 
because I never, not one time, not one time have I ever looked at them as just an inanimate object, as just a number. I always knew they were somebody's baby. I always knew they had people that loved and cared about them and that fans loved and cared about them and that I loved and cared about them. And I'm glad for them now to see that. Patrick Willis, he he enjoys coming back to to Oxford, to Ole Miss, as much as anyone. And, And it's great to see these players involved because for too long, maybe we didn't do a great job with it, but we had former players that didn't feel that connected. I think they do now. We're, we're doing so much doing so much better with it and still work to be done. There is, and I think a lot of it needs to be put on Romero Miller. Uh, Romero's done a phenomenal job, graduated, I think, in 01, uh, maybe 2000 when he played. And, and, Brett, that may be the coldest I've ever been in my life was the Music City Bowl in Nashville. When, yeah. he, when Eli came back, I think they were down 42 to 17 or 49 to 17. So that was, that was, that was a great comeback. But, but Romero's done a great job of kind of coordinating this effort. Uh, he should be commended. But what about the staff at Ole Miss? They, they've welcomed these people back, these players back. And the funny part about that, Brett, is, is, is you know, because you're close to the program, you know, you see these people other than numbers. A lot of the fans don't. And they're able to see them come back, bring their families, bring their kids. And I can't imagine their kids' eyes when they see how much dad is loved. Or maybe when right, the, right. Yeah, with the, the female uh, athletes come back, maybe let, let for women's basketball. Seeing. So. Let me tell you about seeing Big Parade Jerry a few weeks ago. Just one of my favorite players, and he was back. And I'll never forget in, in after the 2008 season, the Cotton Bowl after that year, and the, the big win over Texas Tech. And it was a real early game that day, really early. So we get through a post game. We're back at the hotel, and wild scene at the hotel. Full victory party yeah. going on. And it had been a long day, and I'd kind of had enough of that. So I go to the room. And I, I'm in my room, and I went to get some ice down the hall. It's an ice machine. And Parade Jerry is overlooking the atrium area there. It's a height there by the round the round ball there in Dallas by Reunion Arena mm-hmm. where, where we were staying. And he was just looking and, and watching the sea of people. And, I mean, it was probably 5,000, 3,000 people easy in that lobby, full throttle, having a blast. Just hotty toddies just every 10 minutes going up in there. And I walked over. I said, Parade, what are you thinking about? He said, "I'm thinking it was all worth it." That's uh, I mean, that's why we do it, man. I mean that that's why it we, is. That's why we get up at six o'clock in the morning um, to go do our job. Now we, now you and I have talked a lot we about this. It. We, we love it. I mean, that's why we get up and, and we do all the work. Um, it's Brad. I live for it. I, I know. I, look, I know. I, I I got a I got a great life. I got a great family. I got a great circle of friends. I have to have college football. I have to have it. I, you know, one of the greatest conversations. The whole point of uh, the whole point of this is is I wanted to bring up before we get to that conversation when Eli Manning was honored and Ole Miss beats LSU and what I told my daughter um, I said Evie you will never see a more perfect day for Ole Miss athletics than today and the reason I said that is great recruiting they had a lot of recruits in town Arch Manning I don't know where he goes to school I, that's not even relevant in the conversation. Eli was being honored. His dad was there. He was not in great health. His mom was there. Uh, Cooper was there. Uh, Peyton could not be there. He had a, another obligation. Uh, the, it was a beautiful day. Ole Miss beats LSU, and there was a halftime uh, ceremony. I, I didn't think anything about it. I was I was in the press box. I was doing my my work, whatever. I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna step outside and watch this. And I stood by you, yep. and we watched that. We did. And at the end of it, I thought. 
I don't know why I came out here. Something brought me out here. But it was a, one, of, one of the most coolest moments of my life because growing up a fan, uh, now working in the business, but all of a sudden I reverted back to that 12-year-old kid, to sure. all the people that took me to the games. And I saw a guy out there with the love he had for Ole Miss, and I became that kid again. And that was one of the coolest moments of my life. And that's why I wanted to say to Paris, to Keith, and to everybody, that's why you bring people back because it yeah. takes them back to their childhood. Even that 80-year-old, you ask Harry Harrison what he remembers about Ole Miss, he's going to take you back to when he played at Ole Miss or ask David about he sure it. Will. He'll remember when he made that call in 1990 when, when Arkansas ask and Jay Little Rock. Gibbs. That's right. Everybody goes back just like me and you do. Yeah, they, they, they do. And that's that yesterday aspect to college football and you know, I got a lot more yesterdays now than behind me that I, right. that I do tomorrow's. But I enjoy, I, I love sharing that moment with you. You know, I was, I, I, I was very emotional. Uh, I, I'm glad I did not have to talk at halftime. The whole, the whole weekend, I was kind of a bundle of, uh, of emotion and, and, and nerves. I, I, I became a college football fan because of Archie Manning, because yeah. of number 18 at, at Ole Miss, and then I, uh, you know, lo- lo- loved him with the pro- in the pros. Loved his boys. Uh, he, he, even at times when it was hard, full for Peyton at Tennessee. Yeah. And wherever Arch Manning goes, I, I've told all of them. Of course, they know where I want him to go. And and but I, I'm not going to badger them every time I see them about it. I'm not going to ever bring it up. He's going to go where he wants to go. I want him to be an old Miss Rebel. It'll be the it'll be the full complete circle for me. But I promise you, wherever he goes, I'm going to wish him well and, and, and enjoy watching him play college and then hopefully professional football after that but that day was just perfect i mean the end zones that number 10 up there and 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 now every time we go to bald hemingway stadium we can look up there and see that 10 and and i i think i was at the ceremony for all three uh i now was not there the day that chucky got hurt but i i I was there i I think the day that that 38 was dedicated i know i was there for archie manning right Back back when the sons were all little boys in that that famous picture, and to be there for the LSU weekend, it was my single favorite Ole Miss weekend ever. Yeah, it, and, and I remember my mom said, "Son, I want to show you this picture," and it was a picture of me standing by my door when I was ten or eleven, and that poster was on the wall from nineteen eighty eight. I was at all three. I was there with my dad when Chucky was injured. Uh, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. I still have the ticket stub. Uh, so that's something that, that will always uh, be very, very close to me. You know, you know, Brad, you'll appreciate this. I've seen Archie Manning probably 50 times in my life, and I've never spoken to him in Oxford. And when my friends and I were in New Orleans, we went down for no reason at all, just to go. And we, the only goal we had, and you'll probably appreciate this, but we wanted to go to Manning's and watch Ole Miss play Auburn that morning. They played at 11 o'clock. This has been a handful of years ago. And mm-hmm. so we did that. And halftime, uh, it was a decent crowd. Archie was there. Um, he walks over, has a running jacket. Don't look like he'd been exercising. This was before he had his issues with his hip. And he mm-hmm. walked to me and said, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming by today. And, I never, I, I, and I'll never forget, I'll, I had seen him, like I said, a million times. And I walked in, and all I did was stand up and said, you know, Archie, I, I've never met you before, but I've seen you a hundred times. I've, I've seen videos and, and everything. I'd I'm not going to bother you today. I just want to tell you thank you. And so he just kind of smiled, and, and we shook hands. And obviously I'll never forget that, but that's all I really wanted to say to him because 
college football to me, just like to you, he is college football. And, and for, an old, for an Ole Miss fan, for me, his his last name between he and his son, and for, for, for a lot of reasons, Cooper and Peyton as well, and Olivia, who was a homecoming queen. So that name is synonymous with Ole Miss, and for me, brought me a whole lot of joy. And it was a it was a cool moment for me to tell him that. And it, he, he's so he's so gracious. He really really means it when he says thank you, and he appreciates the accolades. I, I love his, his testimonial about the, his single single favorite yeah. designation or or title ever was when he, when he was named starting quarterback. For the Ole Miss Rebels, he he loves Oxford. He loves Ole Miss. He's been the ambassador that everybody would would, would dream of having, and, and 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 for him to be able to see number ten and Eli honored like that, and Eli holding holding his little son Charlie, it it, it was just a special day. And and Archie Manning has he's really given back to college football and and to to, to Ole Miss. But the biggest thing he's he, he's he's allowed or provided for so many people. You just see what a good, decent person he is, and I think everybody could could model themselves after that a little more. There's no doubt, and I remember when uh, the Book of Manning. I, I had counted down the days for when I could watch it on the SEC Network, and it finally came on. I think it was a Sunday night at six o'clock, and it just so happened that the family was gone, and they came in almost at the end of it, and I was just a mess. And Melissa said, oh, yeah. "What in the world is wrong with you?" And I said, yeah. <laughs> "I've just kind of been watching this show, and just everything kind of flooded <laughs> back." And then when he said that about the most the single greatest moment of my life and when he when he got emotional i was just boy the floodgates open but uh that that oh, was yeah. such a great show and he he's he and his family are just and, and the funny part is you you ask an nfl fan or a saints fan oh archie manning he's our guy he, he's a saints guy the same thing you ask oh no he's a he's an old miss guy we love Archie. everywhere he goes he's left his mark and so it's just he, he it's been really it. cool and and, and the, the the trail of friendships and relationships and they all mean something to him and, and just to see how he handles it always with such graciousness, it, it, it's really, uh, it, it's really something we all all can learn from. But while we put a cap on this, um, let's kind of rewind back to the 2021 season, uh, kind of what we've got left in regards to Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State. It, one thing we talked about Sunday in the press, uh, the press box is the interesting part about this is Matt Luke. While there were some struggles on the field. Lane Kiffin didn't walk into a, a cupboard that was bare. He definitely left some talent. Yeah, Matt did, and and Matt, but the biggest piece is, is is Matt Crow, and so many so much appreciation to Matt Crow for for that that coaching malpractice that was done to him by Rich Rodriguez and by Phil Longo that that he didn't transfer somewhere else. He stuck it out, and it, it, it's paid off for him. But yeah, Matt Matt Luke left left some players. Coach Kiffin has has added to it and has schemed them up and coached them really really well. And, and as I started with at the beginning of this, in these trying times that we've been in, uh, I I just know the future is really bright with with more more normal times, more normal springs, and we, he's always going to have something good at quarterback. Yeah, and you, I, I'll never forget you told me this. I was. Uh, I remember I texted you or, or called, and we were talking about uh, at that point. I think it was Hugh Freeze had been someone, some team had been flirting with him about coming and, and that sort of thing, whatever. And he said, "Brad, I'm gonna be honest with you. There are two things that's going to happen when you have a head coach at a college, a D1 college, a major college. 
either they're going to fire it, they want the coach fired, or somebody's coming after him. So get used to it. And so oh, yeah. I've kind of always said that. So that's why I tell everybody to temper their emotions when you talk about Lane Kiffin because every open job is going to have his name associated with it, number one, because it's a he, good thing. It's a good thing. And number two, his agents are Jimmy Sexton. So Jimmy's going to get his name out there. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's going to do his job. He's going to advocate, advocate constantly for his client. He's not going to make any administration do anything they don't want to do. He's not going to make them sign anything. He's going to he's going to lead for his client, and I, and 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 I I think the world of him as well. And and he's he's going to look out for for his client first, but also in looking out for his client, they're not coming after guys that aren't doing well. I mean, Lane Kiffin is would, would if he'd gone two and eight last year, and we were scuffling around five and four this year. There wouldn't be many people knocking. They're knocking because he's winning for Ole Miss. I'll take it. No doubt about it. Brett Norsworthy, of course, is the pre- and post-game host along with Richard Cross on the Ole Miss Radio Network. You also hear him every single day on Sports Time with uh, Gabe Q and 3 to 6 on WHBQ. And be sure and follow him on Twitter. That's at Brett Norsworthy. And, Brett, it's always a pleasure. What we want to do is uh, get through this season. Hopefully the Rebels can win out, win a big bowl game. I'd love to go back to New Orleans, by the way. And let's, uh, let, let, let's talk after the season. But as of right now, Brad, it's been a lot of fun this season. And I'm like you, Ole Miss fans, take a deep breath. Enjoy, Enjoy it. This. Yeah, no doubt. Come out early to, to college game day. Be sure and stay tuned to, uh, to, to the Ole Miss family across social media. And they'll tell you where to go, what color to wear. We already know it's powder blue for the game. So everybody I know is excited. By the way, one thing before we let you go. What in the world are all these fans going to do from 11 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the Grove? I got a good idea, (laughs) (laughs) and I think it'll be very festive, and it's the best place on earth. It is the best spot on earth. I I love, Brad, I've told you a story before. We always have people every year, and they'll usually wear their gear, Ohio State fans or Michigan fans or Oregon fans one year, and they'll come by, and Syracuse fans, they'll come by, and they've circled a trip to the Grove as a college football destination trip. And they'll come by and they go, wow, this is as good as advertising. And they'll always tell me, you get to do this every single weekend. Well, I'm used yep. to it by now. And I go, nope, just seven times a year. Oh, that's, that's like the greatest story in the world. Brett, it's always a pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you Saturday. It should be an absolute insane environment. Thank you, Brad. Anytime. listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.